Welcome to the Divorced and Happy Podcast, where we discuss all things act two. I'm your host, Sadie Marie. In February, I taped an episode entitled Dating for Beginners with Atlanta's very own gentleman number nine, James Smith. We dished on dating app and first date do's and don'ts, and it was such a fun, breezy chat. Well, that episode sparked my interest in taking things to the next step. In today's episode, Intimacy for Beginners, my divorce pals and I have a lively co-ed chat about the V word. That's vulnerability, people. Join us as we ask each other some juicy questions, reveal our own vulnerability hangups, and come to a better understanding of how the other gender actually views emotional intimacy. Well, I am joined today by my friends, Ross and Vivian. So wonderful to have us all together to discuss the hot topic of emotional intimacy. Hello, you two. Thank you for having me. Hello. Hello, hello. I know. So Ross and Vivian know each other from a fun adventure, and Vivian and I go way back. We go way back to college days. So I'll just have you two share a little bit about how you met and sure. I'll also share how long we've been, we've each been divorced. So I've been divorced for a little over two years. Three years, three months for me. Ooh, three years, three months. Yes. I've been divorced. Well, we were separated 11 years ago. Been divorced, I guess, eight. Officially. Officially. Okay, and, so uh, Ross and Vivian, remind me again how you two met, how the friendship began. It was, I believe, April of 2019. And on the Lido deck, perhaps, or a place called the Crow's Nest at the, the front of the cruise ship, we uh, had taken independent vacations and, you know, kind of befriended one another through alcohol and a collective mix that always of works out well. other young people on the cruise ship. So there was some adulting going on on the cruise ship. Good, good fun Necessary times. Necessary adulting, yes. Yeah, and it was a, such a fun group. It was just a group of just carefree, fun people, and we went up and met there pretty much every night and did a lot of dancing, had a few cocktails. It was very fun. And Ross and I have kept in touch ever since. Yes, I've heard a lot about you, Ross, so this is fun for me to have this face-to-face because Vivian has shared how wonderful you are, what great advice oh. you get. Yep, Ross is my We're going to go- gush about Ross a little <laughs> bit. Ross is my go-to person when I need some advice about men and a man's perspective. I'm texting him regularly, so. And it goes both ways. You know, I've asked <laughs> my, my random questions, you know, yeah. the, the, the mystical world of women. Uh, I need some it explaining from time to time. I like how we help each other out. I think it's good to have a friend from the opposite gender. And Ross is not representing <clears throat> all men tonight. Just, you know, putting that out there, that out there so not putting the onus on Ross that way. And Vivian and I, we go way back. I met Vivian when I was 18 at college. Wow. Wow. We have changed a little bit, haven't we? Not in looks, but (laughs) maturity a little bit, maybe. No, we haven't aged one day, so that's good. That's good for us. So we're going to dive into this hot topic about emotional intimacy. So Ross and Vivian, how do you two... And I'll share as well. How do you define emotional intimacy and has that changed since your divorce? Um, My definition of emotional intimacy perhaps is as as basic as being comfortable crying in front of somebody that I care deeply about. And, you know, crying for me really never happened pre-divorce, post-divorce. Yeah, there were some ugly moments in a car driving to or from work, uh, soul searching, wondering what life would be like. 
um, you know, pieces fall apart, but then over time you put them back together and, and uh, that's my emotional, uh, I'd say, status. And has that changed for you since your divorce? Have you evolved? Has that definition evolved? Uh, maybe a tiny bit where um, I'll say things that are more on my mind now and communicate a bit more freely for, you know, there's nobody's feelings that I'm going to hurt. I need to be honest with myself and with anybody that I, you know, form a relationship or partnership with. How about you, Vivian? Yeah, well, that's a great definition. I like Ross's definition. I would just say, but it is, it's that notion of sharing your authentic feelings, sharing your true self. Um, there's a thing I had heard one time about intimacy and what it means is into me see. And I think that notion that someone just really, really sees you and you really, really see the other person to me is what emotional intimacy is. It has that evolved since your divorce, would you say? It's been eight plus years. Yeah, I would say so. I think with time you grow and you understand things differently and better in some ways. So yeah, I would say so. I would say the, the dating approach certainly leads itself to a more freeness in sharing of emotional intimacy where, you know, we can text one another, whether it's via a dating app or, you know, exchanging numbers and you ask these random questions, but it's not like back in the day where you want to know their favorite food or favorite color. You want to know, you know, what's going to excite them, what activity you can do together. Digging deeper. Yeah. And, you know, the more coupling quicker, as opposed to maybe sitting in that college class and waiting for that cute girl to walk in and sit down like, oh, I wonder what she's wearing today. Now it's, you know, you'll come out and ask that question. What are you wearing today? Send me a picture. Of course, the picture, <laughs> right? The visual, Ross. I like that. I, you know, For me, I would say that for me, it hits on the point you just made, Ross, where, where intimacy is deep connection. It's being known. And for me, my divorce really sparked that urgency that when I move forward in intimate relationships, I do want to feel known. Now, how that is going for me is another story, which we'll get to, to in our conversation, because even though I want that, mm, do I, do, am I uh, moving forward in ways that are bringing me to that desire? Yes and no. Yes and no. Are you too, when it comes to emotional intimacy, are you are you, are you in a place where you say you're in theory wanting that, but in practice, are you having that in your lives? What does that look like for you? Because I know for me, emotional intimacy is tricky. I'm learning that I'm, I'm really good at, at setting up dates and going on dates. And I've got the sex part down, but the, the emotional, all right, Ross, you're smiling. I like it. But the emotional intimacy, mm, I'm a little rusty working on that, working out I'm some kinks. I'm recognizing a pattern in, in what you were just describing where, you know, it's easy to meet people and maintain a, a certain rapport. And I, I refer to it as a cadence or rhythm where you text them, they text you certain times of the day, you know, your, your morning routine or your afternoon and you check in and you're building this certain level of intimacy via distance, their, their pattern, your pattern. And then, you know, uh, if you can't get together, because, you know, via the mechanism for meeting people today, we're all at a distance. 
It's not like strolling through the supermarket and meeting somebody who geographically is going to be within your driving distance, you know, five, 10 minutes and give them a phone call and come over for, you know, a little nightcap of sorts. You've got to play this, you know, hide and seek, if you will, of your feelings to, to cover time until you can physically see one another or go to a dinner, whether in my case, you know, I've got a parenting schedule, I've got a hockey schedule, right, right. you know, when can I see that person? Can I keep it bottled up until that time? Yeah. And I would say, I would say that intimacy is very, for me, I think as I've gotten older and after my divorce, I think I'm very aware of how and who I choose to be intimate with. It is very, very easy for me to be very intimate with my plethora of awesome, amazing women friends. And you know who you are out there, so thank you. (laughs) And so I do feel like it is harder. And I always think of, um, Bell Hooks has a quote that I just love. And she talks about knowing how to be solitary is central to the art of loving. And when we can be alone, we can be with others without using them as a means of escape. Now, I work really hard to do that in my life, but I think I'm very aware of not wanting to engage with someone who hasn't kind of done their own work. And I think that's what prevents me from diving into intimacy with most men, I would say. Just this sense of feeling like, I don't know if this is someone to invest in. Well, you know, trusting the process. Yeah. Yep. Not always trusting the process. So I know Vivian, you've, you and I have had this conversation many, many times and you have made the comment that, that men and women are just an emotional mismatch. Yep. I think we kind of are. And that's not a bad thing. (laughs) That's not necessarily a bad thing. I just think women, we are just natural communicators. We're nurturing. We get together and we just love on each other and we're so supportive. And I think most women have a little core, a core of people that they can just be very real and intimate with. And so, and I think men are just maybe different and it's okay. I just think that women so often expect men to be like their girlfriends. Right. And they're not. That's how we're conditioned. Exactly. Ross, you want to weigh in on that? Uh, Yeah. I want to say that I'm a little jealous and I think it's definitely um, the differences in the genders that you've got a circle of friends that supplement your intimacy. Whereas culturally men or society wise, men don't have that group of, guys that you lean on from time to time. It might be your best friend, but it's not, um, you know, a gaggle of witches getting together and having, you know, glasses of Merlot and, and sharing their dating lives and inner circle stories. You know, guys, there's some locker room banter, but there's a competitive level to it. So we're not always sharing that level of intimacy among our friends. You know, women, you guys get together, phone each other up, have a a session and, connect at a deeper level than guys like oh i i met a girl last night oh cool what what color hair does she have does she have big boobs you know those are the questions and you always say yes of course of course she does (laughs) whether it's true whether it's true or not i have a picture here i you know this conversation actually was sparked because i i had an interesting uh connection with a guy about a year ago and he was this on the exterior is this big football player looking guy. And we had this conversation about emotional intimacy. And I actually, in the moment, we were just really connecting on it. And I actually, in the moment, started crying and saying how, I know, right? Yeah. But he, you know what he did though, Ross? He didn't freak out. It was so cool. He actually held my hand and he listened to me. It was really amazing. And I know, right? And he said, you know, women just have to understand that you have so much practice with intimacy. 
and men do mm. not. And this is why you are just so much more comfortable with it because you do it all the time. And that's so true. I mean, repetition of anything makes you good at it. Mm-hmm. And I think we women forget that guys just don't practice an intimacy like we do. And we get, we get, right. we so, get annoyed quickly. I know I get annoyed quickly with guys, yeah. but it's not really fair of me. This gentleman, how many dates post that breakdown moment? <laughs> well, he did not live in town. He lived. No, uh, no. How many dates? <laughs> oh, you are so funny, Ross. You know, uh, we still talk, but he lives. Okay. He lives in South Carolina. In fact, I just talked to him today. But no, I mean, Ross really wasn't what we were going for when he came to see me. So just sidebar, <laughs> you know what I mean? But anyway, so my point is though, I, I appreciated that he. It was like this light bulb went off when he told me that though. It was really helpful to me. It actually gave me more compassion because I can get kind of judgy. I can get kind of judgy as a chick. I'm just going to own my judgment with the guys and lack of intimacy, but it's not really fair of me. It's like expecting me to know everything about, I'm just going to be really stereotypical, like football. You know, I know a little bit. Could I riff on it for hours and hours? Not really. As long as you look cute in a jersey and (laughs) go to a game and yell and scream and eat a hot dog and a beer, that's all you need. It's all good. It's all good. No, it's so true, though. And I just, as Ross was talking, I thought, how come we as women don't invite more men into our little circles? Because as I was thinking on it, Ross and I have got to be great friends. I feel very comfortable sharing pretty much anything, and I do, with Ross. And I just think, well, we maybe we need to t- take some responsibility and bring men into our circles, and then they can have some more practice, so that when they so are practicing emotional practice sessions, practicing there we go. The ne- million our, dollar idea. I knew you coach, heard it here uh, first. We're the coaches. Here we go. <laughs> we're going to start first. it starting here. So, Ross, would would gentlemen want to do that? Would they sign up for that if it was a safe place? It wasn't. If it, if it wasn't a romantic all, relationship, I would absolutely sign up for that. Would you? And the the few female friends that I've had over time, whether it was in college. Um, great relationship with outside of uh, a desire for sexual relations. And, you know, in some ways, this is being in a small circle of friends. You guys are friends. Vivian and I are friends. Um, yeah, I, I think on, on shared terms, you know, if you were to extend an invitation, say, four of my girlfriends are coming over, we're going to Get drunk, watch The Bachelor. Do you want to join us? Oh, we're not going to watch The Bachelor, but one. sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you'd you'd be all in. What I'm hearing is you you'd go for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I because mean, I want to see what's behind the curtain. I want to know what makes you tick. And, and vice versa. I think we're into yeah. what's behind the male curtain. Well, too. and I think it would help us women because I found with my guy friends, I can be very intimate with them. And it's been good for me because I, like you, Sadie, have been a little judgy and a little impatient and not really understanding we what have, the point is. We have to own that on the podcast exactly, today. We're exactly, just going to exactly. put it out there. But, but I think it would be good. It's been really good for me to have a number of guy friends that I've met in recent years that are not in a dating situation, but it's been really good for me to be like, you know what? Men do have some emotional intelligence and men can share things. I just... And that something happens when it's a con- when it's in the context of a relationship that it gets a little more Indeed. stressful or something. Let's so. talk about that. Let's talk about that. Ross, would you concur when when it's uh, when it's your buddies, your your gal pals, everything's cool, just flows. But when there's a little bit of vulnerability, like I really like this woman, it, it can kind of make it a little harder. Would you agree? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't think I've been there yet where I've had that deeper desire to, to tell a, a woman that I'm dating that I feel a particular way. And that might be, you know, suppressed emotions and things I need to sit on a, a therapist's couch and, and divulge and then blame my mom and my childhood for, but we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, 
sharing things with other people, part of that, I'll call it the healing process, part of the growth process, uh, learning a little bit more about how honest I can be with myself and with other people. I don't feel discomfort holding back. Vivian asks me a question or vice versa. We've talked about some fun stuff and I won't judge because at the end of the day, I want her to be as happy as possible. And I trust that she feels the same way about me and can help me. You know, one of the side exercises I do is before I ask a question, whether it's via text or over the phone, I'll try to think, what if somebody asked me this question? How would I interpret it? Am I going to be initially defensive? Am I being too flirty? What message am I sending? Um, you know, added thought goes into it. But if I have this friendship with Vivian, I can say, this is what I'd like to ask. How are you receiving it? Good and then practice. Turn, so it's good practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so what I'm hearing is, Ross, you feel comfortable asking Vivian various questions, but you might not initially with a woman you're dating. And I find, I find the same pattern and I'd love to hear from Vivian as well. I have male friends in my life. I can I can be really direct. I can put it out there. I can really keep it real. But if I have feelings for a guy, ooh, that gets a little trickier for me. And I'm noticing that I, well, right after my divorce, I will say that I just wanted to date like a dude. Now I'm being really cliche when I say that. <laughs> I just wanted to date like a dude. I didn't want to ha- I didn't want to have any connection. I really didn't need to have any intimacy. I just wanted breezy conversation and some great sex. That's just the truth. But Ladies now date like dudes all the time. They yeah. we do very, and it's fun and we should. <laughs> we should. And we should. But now I'm noticing that I'm wanting a little bit more and I'm I'm kind of blaming COVID. We've had this conversation, Vivian. <laughs> COVID has made us want relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Too much time with self. And and I'm 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 noticing that I like intimacy, but I don't always like vulnerability. There is a difference there for me. Yeah, I totally agree. It's just harder. It's just harder. Why is that? Why is it harder? I I can't answer that. I can only say that I'm an only child, so uh COVID not a real big deal for me. <laughs> I had plenty of time to, as a kid, I prepared for this. But, you know, on the plus side, if you couldn't be in someone's physical presence, then you shared a lot via message or over the phone. And maybe you delve deeper into a little bit more phone erotic intimacy. I have, yes. Um, a lot of video dating. I, yeah, video dating not my thing, but I, I can masterfully hold a phone conversation. It's just sitting at your <laughs> well, kitchen table. Well, we are table. Gen Xers, so <laughs> yeah, and we're used to phone, phone. Co- phone conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I've, I've found that the women I've dated have been open to sharing a lot more than I would have expected. And or, you know, you guys have these special folders of intimate pictures you've taken of yourself on your phone Maybe you felt possibly maybe yeah. a couple felt thinner that day. Your hair was good. You <laughs> it's all about the hair, Ross. Full length mirror. You know, it's all about the hair. And I, they're empowering. I just, if I were, I don't take those pictures myself. I cut the lawn. I might take a picture because I'm covered in sweat, and you know there might be some veins sticking out of my arms. But it's not like a full length mirror. It's some one handed selfie, and I can't get my smile right, and just the hell with it and go inside. I find also that I because I just mentioned that I was dating like a dude and I find that you kind of meet people where you're at 
Would you two agree with that? Meaning now that I'm wanting more connection, I am meeting more men who are similar to Ross, who are, seem a little more self-aware, are asking great questions, are more engaged. So that's encouraging, but I still don't always trust the process. But I think that's more about me than them. What do you two think? I don't know that it's a bad thing, though. I think that's part of the part of the process is learning to trust our own gut and trust our own selves. So I think it's good to be challenged and learn to trust ourselves because I think that's really what's at the core of that. So well, and I add that within the first ten to fifteen questions of meeting somebody, you cover how many years you've been divorced, how many children. Where do you live? What outdoor activities you like? And from that set of initial questions, you can tell whether you're going to have a lunch, dinner, or otherwise date. And maybe something, one of their pictures, you know, sparks your interest beyond just those questions. And then you follow that as a path to additional uh, about that person. So Ross, I have a question. When you, when you talked earlier about the cadence and the rhythm of communication via texting, do you feel like that's intimacy? Just when you kind of develop, do you? I, okay. Absolutely. It, it's, it's a dance and dancing's an intimate thing. Cooking in the kitchen is an intimate activity. You know, you've it's got true. one sink, four sets of hands and a couple pans. And there's also timing involved with that. You know, you're, you got eight minutes to boil pasta, or if you're putting a steak from the stove into the oven to finish, you put in someone that wants medium well ahead of someone who wants it medium rare. And you've got to balance those things. It's a microcosm in many ways. And if you can function in the kitchen, at least in my experience, that's someone that can function in the bedroom with me. Such a delicious metaphor. I know. I'm so hungry right and now, I Ross. Can, way to I go. Know. Where's and my I, snack, Ross? I know. He's talking to us like we're two women are just like amazing chefs. Not the case. <laughs> um, Sadie can hold her own. <laughs> Well, that's, that's part of my dating thing. I, uh, I'll invite you over for dinner and then I can kind of test it out. You know, oh, too if, funny. You know, some people like to we'll watch make the, We'll make the trip to Atlanta and get our good go. dinner. I oh, know. Absolutely. He's, yeah. He's posted some pictures. I think Ross knows what he's doing in the kitchen. Nice. Nice. So do you feel, okay, right now I'm feeling pretty hopeful about intimacy with men. Ross points to you. But there are days, oh, and v- Vivian knows, and Vivian has shared with me as well, where I do not feel very positive. And I'm like, what's the point? Why mm-hmm. do we bother? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's like that, that saying, a- it's like that saying, don't go to McDonald's looking for sushi, because you're not going to get it. And so many women make that mistake, rather than just appreciating, if you're at McDonald's, get the greasy fries and appreciate it. And the thick shakes. Don't look for sushi. It's just like this mismatch, and I think we set ourselves up for disappointment when we're looking for something and attached to an outcome that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. <laughs> so. Not just searching for it that it doesn't exist, but your expectations of finding somebody that's at your same point in life that maybe has packed up all of their emotional baggage and discarded it, or they carry around a little bit. And I think you know we all do to some extent, but you have to be comfortable with it if it fits in an overhead bin, stick it in that overhead bin and go on with that person you met. Um, you know, some people want to share, you know, as a guy, I'll share and answer questions, but I have to force myself to ask them as well. And, you well, know, that is a, a great that... segue to a clip oh, okay. I want to share with you too. And we're going to listen to the clip and then I will share with the, the movie is what the movie is. So hold on here. Are you done? Listen, 
the problem most men have is they just plain straight up have no clue how to talk to women. Just ask questions. Okay, that's it. Because women do not care about what you have to say at all anyway, you know? And all they want to do is talk about themselves. So you're just going to let them do that. Okay? So remember, questions, be cool, and be kind of a dick. You know, here, be David Caruso in Jade. Okay. I know exactly. Okay, that is from the movie 40-Year-Old Virgin. Oh, I agree with movie. Seth Rogen's character, Cal. Dudes, just ask us questions. Yeah. Why, why is that so hard exactly? Ross, speaking for all men. <laughs> uh, you knew it would happen, Ross. <laughs> I'm observant, so I pick up on cues and, you know, what's around me. Um, and quite honestly, it's a lot easier just to let you go and talk and talk and talk. And if you say something interesting, then I can maybe get a word in edgewise and ask a follow-up question. Uh, I, See, I, I would say men do the same thing. And you know it's true. I mean, when I re-entered the world of dating, I told Vivian this all the time and she concurred. <laughs> men talk a lot. I mean, I would be on dates yeah. just nodding my head and nodding my head. And finally, I'd say things like, wow, wow, I've really learned a lot about you. What do you want to know about me? I mean, do you want to know anything about me? Do you want to know anything? Anything. I don't know. Sometimes it doesn't feel like that. So I think it goes both ways, Ross. Yes, that's part of the cadence that I mentioned. If I'm asking you questions, you've got to come up with something in return. Um, And... But you just said earlier before I played the clip that you you sometimes realize you aren't asking too many questions. Yeah, those dates are easy. I just have to nod and agree. And when women talk and talk, talk and talk and talk and talk. Yeah, and you get but this do you great like feeling. That? Do you like that? Uh, if she's attractive, I might like it a little <laughs> bit longer than normal. Do, do a lot of women do that, though, for real? Do they talk yes. that much? Because I yes. feel like most women I know are dying because we're asking questions because we want right. to get to know you. Correct. And then when we realize two hours later it has not been reciprocated in the least, you're like, hmm, they're not interested. I'm not wasting my time here. Right, and I have learned, and, and Vivian, chime in, and Ross, I want, of course, your thoughts as, as the man on the panel. I have learned that I have to talk sometimes more like a guy, where totally. I just have to talk at you, because you're talking at me. It's, I feel like men communicate by sharing information, not asking questions, like just talk at me, and then I'll talk at you, and that's how I'm going to get to know you. And it's really uncomfortable, I mean, it's yeah. really uncomfortable for me as a woman, because I feel like it's really rude. But I've learned that sometimes I just have to talk like a like a man in a, in a, on a date because otherwise, how am I gonna how am I gonna say anything about myself? He's not asking me any questions. And you my allowed and, him to ask any questions. Are you what? Oh, are you allowing him? Have, have, yes. Um, uh, I've learned yes, over what time. Learned? Yes. That well, men are problem solvers. True. You Very true. Share information with us. Yes. And at least speaking for myself, the gears start going. Yes. I've got two, three different solutions. I want to interject. Do you have charts and graphs and like a little pointer? Yeah, I've done a lot of things. <laughs> in my life. And they kind of correlate to a number of situations, you know, good, bad, and different. So I'm chomping at the bit. And I've said to a date, would you like me to give my perspective as opposed to let me tell you what I want to tell you? to dance around it because I don't want to turn somebody off through conversation. Uh, I want to engage them, but at the same time, I can't just sit here. You know, I've ordered two rounds of drinks. The conversation's good, but I, you know, I want to talk about me. 
Yeah. Can't get a word in. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how we see that so differently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hear that a lot from men that women, and I'm like, really? We do? We I, talk a lot? Really? We wow. talk a lot. You, you share all of the, the problems and things at work and past relationships. It's, yeah. And my approach is, I met you today, Sadie. <laughs> right. From that would here, be my, that here, would be my reaction from, too. Like, why are you telling me so much? From here forward is, is how I know you, but your past, my past, it's just that it's past. I don't need to know about your ex thought. I am on the same issues. page, like, I am on the same page as care. you are. Vivian, would you chime in and agree? Yes, I, I agree. And I think Ross, what you're talking about, I think it comes because I think women are so cultured to be looking to march down the aisle. Everything else is just a sideshow. And so I think that's a lot of women's way of connecting and being intimate is by sharing. I'm going to share me, share me, share me. And then at some point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let me find that one wrong thing about him so I can abandon this date and go swipe on the next guy. Oh, that's wow, interesting. That's I don't throat. see it that way. Ross, that is cutthroat. Now we're getting cutthroat on yeah. the podcast. I love I it. Don't, juicy. I don't juicy. think it's like that, though. I, I know that, yes, Ross and I might have a difference of opinion on this, but well, what's your I, feel, I feel like most women or most women that I know are more so on the rush and they will put up with anyone. They will just accept a lot of stuff <laughs> because they are so locked in on this outcome. Right. Of being in a relationship because we as women, if we're, we're so conditioned, like that's how we have terrible. value. It's terrible Correct. if Correct. we are you single. Correct. So. Correct. Vivian, do you think that changes with age? Yes. Hopefully. And I think, I, I, well, I think it does, but not I think it always. depends on the person. I think it, it depends really on the person. On the when person. you guys were talking about, like when Sadie was talking about diving in and like trying to get something across, when that happens to me, I'm just not interested. I'm like, forget it is this. A I'm not ever talking to this but person But I've learned again. I have to do it. Otherwise, I am just the audience and you're the big show. And that's not fun either. But why would you even bother if they're not reciprocating? You know, check well, next. Now that, I next. Video, now that I'm video dating, I do check out quicker. <laughs> there you I go. Kind of like as a screener, I've learned it's a good screener. Yeah, that's true. It is. One thing that Vivian and I talk about a lot, Ross, this is just going to shock you so much, is that when men listen to us, we will, what Vivian? Yeah, it's not hard. If men would just learn to listen, they can have whatever they want. Whatever. Anything. 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 Underlined. There's nothing. Bolded. We look, there's a, there's a, there's a clip. Ladies, guys will simply ask for what they want. There reaches a point in that date where it's a go, no go decision, whether I'm walking you to your car and a hug, kiss goodbye. And that could be a longer kiss or a shorter kiss. Or if it's a home date, you know, you want to go upstairs. You want to watch a movie. But, but I'm probably not going to want to do that so much with someone who's just been talking at yes. me for two yes. hours, Ross, which yes. is the point Vivian and I are I making. I got my COVID right shot. Does that change anything? <laughs> <laughs> Ross, Ross has good listening skills. But, but no, I think that it is. I, this is not a hard concept. And if men, like how has no one, I'm sure men have heard this before. Have you heard Seth Rogen is totally right in that he clip. He is so spot on. And then, you know, the, the next part of the clip is, oh, do you like bicycles? Can I put it in your trunk? You know, <laughs> exactly. it's true. It is. I think, I think uh, Rossi with the nail on the head, it is like a dance. It's a cadence and it's a rhythm. And when a man does not have any interest in asking any questions or getting to know me at all, it's probably not going to be a dance partner I want to bother with. I would concur. Unless he's good at other things, I might consider. <laughs> I'm not going to even get that far if you can't <laughs> ask a question. It doesn't. That's it. That's it. Well, sometimes. 
how are you practicing being more vulnerable, practicing intimacy in your relationships? For me, I think that's lingering in bed past sex, not hopping out to go put my underwear back on, just to lie there, talk a little bit, extend that cuddling time, if you will. Um, do you not enjoy comfortable. that? No, you, don't, you don't enjoy that. That's very when Harry met Sally. No, right? That's I, I very do, when Harry met I'm Sally always, moment right there. I'm looking to clean up and oh, okay. get ready to go again. Ah. So instead of that, I'm like, no, no, I just take my time and, you know, talk about something and, you know, fascinating caress. That was a behind the curtain moment mm-hmm. right there, I feel. <laughs> mm. Okay, so I have, I have a couple examples. So, and Vivian knows these examples, but Ross, I want you to chime in. So a couple of examples for me. So I recently... I, I sabotage, I tried to, I, well, I sabotaged something and I didn't even, and you're nodding your head, Ross, you already know what I'm going to say. And I haven't even said it. So, <laughs> so look at you. You understand women so well. So, so I, I was feeling vulnerable with a guy because we had had a phone conversation and I was doing all the talking because he wasn't doing any talking. And that made me feel really uncomfortable because that, that, that I just, I don't like that. So I got off the, the conversation, like, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't like me anymore no problem. I, you know, I did all the, you know, defensive things in my head. Well, I don't care. And da, 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 da. And then the next time we talked, I said, well, I, I know I'm not your type. I'm not your type. You don't like creative types. I'm not your type. So that's cool. No, it's no problem. That's, are you tracking with this, Ross? Have women done this to you before where we, we try to control well, the situation because we feel vulnerable. And then he, and then, and then that you conversation have the ended to do that. Okay. I want, I'll, I'll finish this example and then I want to hear your feedback. So, so, so then he and I and talked for like a month and then I reached out to him interestingly about the, the topic of intimacy. <laughs> and then he made some flirtation with me and I said, well, why are you flirting with me? Don't you put me in the friend zone? He's like, I didn't put you in the friend zone. You put me in the friend zone. And these are middle-aged people talking this way. And then I realized, <laughs> oh my gosh, I, sabotaged, I sabotaged it with him. And I, I owned it and I apologized. And we had this really lovely conversation. But I think I know I do that when I feel like I'm a little out of control. I'll just kind of sabotage it and break it and wreck it. Because then I'm in control. At least I'm the one totally. breaking it and wrecking it. So I, I am at least grateful in that moment that I could own that I did that and I could apologize Mm -hmm. and we could remedy it and then we could uh, stay connected and we've seen each other since and it was a lot of fun when we know better we do better yeah a couple of things there you had the courage to actually say something though whether you were sabotaging or not I'd say the easier approach is simply ghost and then that that does happen stonewall or you know you might follow up as you did or, or, and then he reached back out, vice versa. Yeah, there was something that was unfinished. You know, there's always that part of closure, if you will, that is absent from dating after 40. We're just too busy. Um, and you also mentioned friend zone. It's the worst word ever. Relationships, <laughs> relationships come and go, but friend zone lasts forever. And yeah. I've... Uh, on a date, I, you know, I told somebody, I can't be your friend, just have no interest in that. Beyond that, yes. But if this is simply going to be a friendship, I'm good with friends. Right. I, I don't want friends. another one that I have to work extra hard to keep it in my pants because they're not on that same low wavelength with me. 
But wouldn't you rather have a woman tell you that right away, though, than lead you on if she's just seeing it as a friendship? And then you get to decide if you want to have any more communication with her or not. Yes. And if that's going to be the case, make sure you pay for your half of the bill. Okay. Mm. I would say for my intimacy journey, I have just really learned, the, it's amazing how often this has come back, but for me, it always comes back to self-love. Yes. And at the end of the day, we only can love another person as much as we love ourselves, And so it always comes back to that. And I'm just always, in my mind, practicing self-love. And then when I feel like I'm grounded and in my own sense of confidence and feeling good about myself and my life, then I can baby step these little, and when I say baby step, I mean baby step. Vulnerability is not my thing with men. It isn't. Women, I, I would women no problem. Right. I'll share anything. Right. But yeah, so I'm just trying to really baby step it and just practice and just view, I view my relationships as opportunities to practice. Yes. I have being learned vulnerable. to see it more that way. Yep. Being intimate, being vulnerable. It's a habit. It's a muscle. And I need a lot of practice. So that's what I'm doing. I baby step everything. Well, Vivian, when you say self-love, maybe it's the male perspective i think masturbation <laughs> I, I, I can't we separate like that the too, two though, right? okay. It's, okay. it's really tough self-love is either that or a good song comes on and you're getting dressed in the morning maybe a saturday or sunday and there's nobody home and you make the music really loud and you sing along to it or dunkin cold brew and you're just lit from that caffeine and you're feeling good to me that's self-love i'm in a good mental and I guess physiological state for a little while, I feel empowered. I feel mm-hmm. happy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in the same way, yeah. sure, if I'm watching a dirty movie or whatever else and self loving. <laughs> and self loving. <laughs> no, I think it's more the latter, for sure. Uh, yes, absolutely. And it's just that notion of just grounding yourself in your daily life so that you ha- go and can approach life with a sense of gratitude and hope and optimism and being kind to people. And I think, um, Intimacy with men, for me, brings up a lot of energy and anxiety and stress at times. And those are my times. Vulnerability. Just, vulnerability, not my thing. And so I just, it's, for me, it's really important to just ground myself and just, I'm fine. I'm a good person no matter what this person says or does. I am still my own self. I have my crap together. I have a good life. I own a, you know, I own a business. I just feel like I have my stuff together. And I forget that because sometimes with men, like I said, especially if a man asks a question and if you're interested we will give men anything and everything. And we know this about ourselves. We so do. that's, you know, and so, yeah, it's, it's tricky, but. It is a secret in the house. You sauce. have to watch and limit your overthink. Yeah. Live in that moment. You that's, know, that's good. You've, you've just explained. We, do, we get in our head a lot. Do you guys oh. get in their head? Yes. You do? Oh. Okay, so we all oh, get in yes. our head. Okay, good. Oh, that's good, at least. We all do that. And I want to hear the team's feedback on this, So, because I've had this conversation with Vivian, too. Why can't I, as a woman, just appreciate that a guy can give me four certain things? He can give me great sex, stimulating conversation, some fun, and, like, someone to do activities with. Like, four wins. Those are four wins. Why do I need more? Why can't I just be happy with that? What is more? The intimacy. The emotional well, stuff. Well, you just had sex, great sex. That's uh, intimate. Yeah, but that's more. And you're sharing this activity, this event. But I'm talking about like. You want somebody to hold your hand. You want that physical. I want someone to know me. Like ask me things, take interest in me, know me on a deeper level. But I can get that with girlfriends. So why, why do I, yeah. again, we've had this conversation mm-hmm. many times. Mm-hmm. Why, can't, why can't that just be enough? I think, it, I personally think it should be enough. I'm, pra- I'm going to yeah. try and practicing norms. that. 
Societal, so the societal norms meaning I gotta, yeah, I don't want to take the blame for men. I gotta blame society. <laughs> we're no, gonna end. Gonna, we're gonna end but, with blaming society. But yeah, go ahead. But no, women are equally a part of that. Oh, I think we, we sure are. Totally, we feed into this crap we more than men do. do. Well, look the at all the look at all and... the movies that we watched as as kids, as teenagers. All the songs we listened to, yeah. the messaging. Yeah. It's deep. Sadie, it's deep. Yes, I Ross. I agree with you a hundred percent. Those four things that you mentioned. It. In a nutshell, it's a best friend that you have sex with, mm-hmm. that you see routinely. You share those inside jokes. Everybody wants to have a uh, someone in their life with inside jokes. But my best uh, friend should be able to listen yeah. to me, Ross. See, that's where I get stuck. That's where I get a little stuck. Then he's not your best friend. He's oh, your not the one. Not the one. I see. No. Well, now that's been very helpful. So, but I feel like that's kind of like a needle in a haystack. And I'd rather, yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Crickets. <laughs> That's why we continue to people shop and swipe left and swipe right, even oh, if you got but one you know or two why? ponies but in then, the stable. Okay. But then I, you know, why not just be polyamorous and have several men in my life? Yeah. That's kind of what I feel like might be the win for me. Yeah. I've as had long this conversation. As you don't overthink. Before. As okay. soon as you overthink, then the jealousy creeps in and you're wondering what so and so doing okay but i'm with this other person and you're thinking about another guy when you're with a guy men might be better at doing this than women cuz we're pigs but <laughs> so that's by the man we're not in wired the in the same manner sure ps that is the sign of a good man though when a man will own that men are pigs <laughs> Or if well, a man, I grew up, or... my brother, when I was growing up, that's my brother's advice to me was just remember, Sadie, men are pigs. Men are pigs, like, exactly. Wow, that's intense, just own it, just own it, brother, just own it. And number two, if a man is in or recently been in therapy, that is a that good is sign. a sign you can maybe take a few baby steps forward. I would agree with that. Well, this has been delicious. This is therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Any final words on intimacy, Ross or Vivian? Uh, final words. I would say share what you feel comfortable sharing with someone that's in your life. If they don't respond the way that you would hope, then that's not the person for you. Friendship or romance or anything, in my opinion. Right. Right. You know, we we can have varying opinions on things like politics, but in something that's deeper in your life, who you are as a person, the people in your life, what you do day in, day out, if they don't take an interest in that, well, then it's not going to be worth investing any amount of time to go forward. Well said. Mm-hmm. Vivi? I would say um, I think women need to really lower their expectations and just acknowledge <laughs> we are very different. I think we can still have high standards. I'll be in the cave with my club when and, you need me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but not, no, and I don't even mean about men. I mean about our expectations about what a relationship is going to be and is not going to be. And again, it's, it's that not develop, going to be everything. develop your own sense of self. Don't yes. expect a man to make you feel good about yourself. You have to do that for yourself. And then if you've done that for yourself, a man can add to that and a man can bring more happiness. And there's a quote from uh, Sex and the City. I think of this. I saw this so many years ago. Are you going to play yeah, this Yeah, I'll clip? play this right now. I love this. Let's this, sum, to this. This sums up my philosophy. This is a nice, fun way to end the episode. Here we go. No special guy to wish me happy birthday. No goddamn soulmates. And I don't even know if I believe in soulmates. Don't laugh at me, but maybe we could be each other's soulmates. And then we could let men be just these 
great, nice guys to have fun with. Will you be my soulmates, Ross and Vivian? <laughs> be amazing soulmates. No, I, th- I think of Vivian as a soulmate for sure. Mm-hmm, for sure. Absolutely. Well, that was delicious. Thank you so much. This has been fantastic. So thank, thank you, you for, for your intimacy and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Very fun. Ongoing lifelong journey. That is for sure. Let's do it again. All right. Look Take care. To it. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on intimacy in relationships and that your journey towards deeper connection with yourself and others leads you to all things positive. The clips that were used in the episode today from the films 40-Year-Old Virgin and Sex in the City can be found on YouTube. And be sure to also check out my February episode, Dating for Beginners, especially if you're re-entering the dating scene after divorce. Please be sure to also follow, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. You can also follow Sadie's Divorced and Happy Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to visit us at divorcedandhappy.net. I'm your host, Sadie Marie, and I can't wait to connect with you soon on the next podcast episode. Until then, you take good care.